Play up! We are not an education podcast. Insert sound effects. With just playing the Paw Patrol intro. I mean, we started some real stinkers in the OI. Sean Alexander, Robin. Welcome back to another episode of Jockstrap, guys. And today on the show, we're going to start it off strong. I have a confession to make. Oh, boy. <laughs> I want to be very clear. about Kyle Seeger. It's not about Kyle Seeger, oh, but you're I on was the right what I, I would have bet on that. You're, you're on the right track. I believe I may have been wrong about Mitch Haniger. <gasps> oh, my God. And to me, that's exciting. Because when Mitch Haniger came over in one of the – what's going to go down as one of the strangest trades of all time when you look at who won that deal back and forth, I was a big believer in Mitch Haniger. And then I was an even bigger fan of Gene Segura. Of course, then it turned out Gene Segura was a nutcase, and it turns out Mitch, Mitch Haniger is injury prone. Now, I don't want to jinx anything, but – to come back after virtually two years or whatever, however long away from the game and be hitting like he's hitting and seeing the ball the way he's seeing the ball is very, very impressive to me. I did not think he had it in him. I would like to apologize to Mr. Hanniger and say if you can stay healthy, which I'm rooting for you to do, obviously, uh, you're a valuable piece of this team until hopefully midseason when they trade him off for parks. It's a real backhanded compliment, but I'm proud of you for I'm proud of you for admitting that. Thank you. Yeah. I you know yeah, I mean now Kyle Seeger's start is still fake news. Let's be very very clear here. And I was one thousand and one hundred and twenty however percent infinite repeating decimal point correct about James Paxton. That's and true. Andy Mayer was wrong about so, James Paxton. But, but I was right about Mitch Hanger. But you were right about Mitch Hanger. So I'm going to call that one to one. On each of us. So, I, I believe, Andy, wasn't there something around where I had bet, uh, I said, I think it was something like along the lines of how many innings uh, James Paxton would pitch this year, and you said over 150, and uh, I said yeah, I don't under. think he's ever thrown over 150. And he threw 160 at one point. Either way, maybe bet, it was 100. I, I don't know. We made some. Maybe it was starts. Was it starts? Did we bet on starts? Starts, I think we would bet on starts. Yeah. yeah. We might I think I said at least 15. Yeah. Well, so that actually takes me into our first piece of news. Um, after a whopping one and a third innings, James Paxton had to shut down for the year with uh, undergoing Tommy John. I think he's – has he already undergone it? Or is it I don't know if he's undergone it. I just yeah, saw it that it was soon. confirmed that he'll need yeah. it. Yeah. Um, other than absolute disbelief on your part, Jesse, uh, how do you see this? I want to start by this is sad. By all accounts, James Paxton is a good guy. You saw it looked like he came back in really good shape this year, and he, when he's healthy, he can be a dominant, dominant pitcher. And even though that inning, he looked great. That big left-handed guy coming off the mound. I know you were laughing over it at one inning. Um, I feel bad for the guy. I really do. I don't feel too bad for him because he got eight million dollars. We paid him about three hundred thousand dollars a pitch, um, <laughs> and. You know, I, it was it, it's unfortunate. There's no other way to put it. Uh, I want to take a shot here at the Maple Grove because maybe the Maple Grove cursed him uh, and stick Riz and all those other things. <laughs> but I'll admit that seems like a stretch. <laughs> so, yeah. The Maple Grove. Nate, do you have any thoughts on this uh, other it, than it, the Maple I think, Grove I, It's sad. I, I just think 
I was hopeful that he'd stay healthy and be like a, a contributing member to this team as they try to get even get closer to getting over the hump. So it, it's just sad because, like Jesse said, he's been dominant at times, and to see him just get hurt so often, it really, really sucks. Speaking of pitchers, though, Andy, would you like to fill us in on what's happening currently while we're filming, filming this? We are. Oh. oh, that was. Oh, he called him out. I'm going to need to see the replay. That looked like he was safe. So uh, this will obviously be old news by the time this is posted, but the NC State great Carlos Rondon is, uh, oh, oh, I don't know. Okay, we are watching the first out in the top of the ninth. Oh, Rondon is God, that's so 24 close. Outs. Now, you know what's funny? Because I think 100 out of 100 times, if that's not, if there isn't a perfect game on the line here, they call him safe. Uh, just the curse of Jim Joyce. Yeah, the, the, they the are, that guy just does not want to be Jim Joyce is what's going <laughs> on right now. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, he's got a perfect game right. through nine and a third. Yeah, so and far. we'll keep you posted yeah. throughout the last couple outs. But um, my next piece of news, another NFL star being taken down a peg. Aaron Donald um, assaulted someone outside. Whoa, of I didn't know this one. How did I miss what? out on this news? Yeah, uh, well, see, this is why you got... Andy, TMZ Mayor coming in with the scoop, breaking the uh, um, Columbia, future Columbia graduate uh, reporter. <laughs> yep. Um, so at a club in Pittsburgh, actually, um, a guy bumped into Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald did not take a liking to it, and they got into a slight altercation in the bar. That led to both them being removed from the bar. And then Aaron Donald supposedly assaulted the guy where he suffered a concussion, a broken arm, and 16 stitches near his eye. Yeah. Yeah. I would not want to face so Aaron I know Donald this... in a fight. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, this wasn't no, a fair fight. No, not at all. I mean, 99% of the world's population, if he's fighting them, he, he's going to be well, was... the uh, betting favorite. It wasn't just him either, right? It was like him and some friends. Wow. Uh, I also, believe it was a group. I don't know if it was who was alleged to Baron Donald is leading that group. I, I would die. I have a conspiracy theory that he's on steroids. I have no evidence to back this up. <laughs> I want to be very clear here. <laughs> I have no evidence for this. I just <laughs> Why are you saying heart. it? <laughs> I don't know. This is a podcast that no one will ever listen to. There's hey, something hey, about the way he's built that rings that rings steroid user to me. I don't think it's like his stocky listeners. head. Mm. I think it's his head. It's I think his no, it's how it's stocky no his head is. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a steroid user. Yeah. Um, purely conjecture. Nothing to be said. <laughs> Andy, did you see how quickly they called him out? I I I I don't think Are I they think looking that guy at it? was safe. <laughs> they did for like a second, and mm. they they the call stood. Of course it did. <laughs> He's pitching a, no, uh, a perfect game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, um, Andy, go ahead. No, so just beyond that, do you see any ramifications for this for the NFC West? I mean, usually assault, unfortunately, yeah, it doesn't lead to much for No, NFL unless players. if this it was is... a woman, maybe, but this is a dude, right? If it was a woman, yes. maybe, very small chance. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think anything will really come of it. Yeah, it, it sounded pretty bad, so... Um, there's that, and then the final piece of news. Uh, every day, this—I mean, this wasn't a John Schneider decision, but every day, um, uh, Jadavian Clowney not signing the. Oh, he—he he hit him. He what a way to lose your perfect oh. game, hitting a guy in the foot, beating him in the foot. Two outs to go. 
Dang. <laughs> Brutal. Be a man and refuse to take his base. <laughs> Brutal on the slider. Dang. Uh, right I, in the I foot. Really, I don't remember. I once read a book. Um, a guy had a uh, no hitter through eight and two thirds, and um, he it was like a two one count or something. He threw it high and tight on the guy, and the guy it brushed him off. He fell back on his butt. And the guy who the story was told was sitting on the bench of the guy who was hitting. And he um, he was so annoyed that he had been dusted off. He On the next pitch, he hit a home run. And he says the guy sprinted around the bases, went and sat down on the bench, and pouted and said, I was going to let him have the no-hitter too. <laughs> and then just sat there. Yikes. Um, I, still, I still think Philip Humber's perfect game was complete BS. I remember it for the, the last out, Brendan Ryan – on the check swing. On yeah. the check swing. That that ball was so far off the plate, and that wasn't even pretending to be an offer. And uh, I, th- I I don't know how you called that strike three and run him up. But that's just one man's pers- opinion. Um, Andy, what were you saying something about highlights? Sorry. Oh, so Jadavion um, Clowney gained a one-year $10 million yeah. deal for the Browns. I, I really don't think he has anymore. Clearly other people think he yeah. does, certainly in the Browns' front office. Uh, do you guys ever see him being – Anywhere near the kind of impact player he even was on nope. the Seahawks. Um, Nate, I guess yeah. Well, I was I guess, worrying about Mitch Haniger. I guess, <laughs> I guess not the like, uh, like superstar level, but on a defensive line that already has Miles Garrett and Sheldon Richardson, I could see him producing. Uh, I could, I could see him putting that D line a little bit um, higher in terms of NFL units, but um, definitely not the like number one overall pick next big thing yeah. level for sure yeah i mean that secondary is also much improved yeah. which i mean hopefully will give him a little more time yeah, to get after the true. quarterback i don't i not hopefully i don't really care how the browns do so <laughs> um and that's all i got for news for the week uh well you're missing one big one which was several balls from trevor bowers game were sent to mlb for investigation uh for using pine tar I did see that. Did what you do you th- what do you think or? of that? Oh. Um, I think the MLB wanted to make a statement. I don't know why, because it's a very hitting heavy league. So I, I don't think that removing pine tar from the pitchers is going to help anything. I mean, every pitcher uses something to get a grip on the ball, and if they don't, they hit a lot of batters. I don't think this is going to help speed up the pace of play. I don't think it's going to help reduce the offense at all. I don't know why they're trying to make a statement with this by going after Trevor Bauer. I don't like Trevor Bauer that much, so I'm fine with them going after him. It's not very likely. I just don't guy. understand it. Well, you know, I think the uh, the Nate. Do you want to share anything? No, go ahead. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I think the idea that if you can, uh, if you can, cut down on pitchers' effectiveness, and it sounds like from everything I'm everything everyone says is that almost all the players use some sort of substance to get a grip on the baseball. And if you can you if you can actually start cracking down on that and that will lead to more offense and more balls in play, I'm all for it. Now the irony of Trevor Bauer getting caught doing it, this is kinda like OJ Simpson's book If I Did It, because Trevor <laughs> Bauer wrote a whole piece in the Tre- Players Tribune explaining about how easy it is to doctor baseballs and use stuff like pine tar to get a better grip. And he's Mr. Point his finger, he points his finger at uh, 
the Astros, which I'm all for, doctoring their baseballs and all these things. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Well, yeah. But the I, overarching idea of cutting down on uh, substances to increase um, more balls in play potentially, I'm all for that. Yeah, I, just, I think, like you said, I mean, everybody in every sport finds some way to <laughs> help themselves that are pushing the limits of what's legal. But um, he's definitely just the guy that they said, okay, this is the easiest guy to go after for it, um, most recent, so we can kind of put a, a pin in it with him. So, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. All right, is that it? Is that it for news, my friends? That's it for news. Uh, yeah, and I mean, obviously, a congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama, first Asian yeah, born player to win a golf that was awesome. a major. I mean, we don't talk about golf. We but should. It was cool we to see. Talk about Why golf? don't we Jordan, talk about golf? Jordan Spieth. Let's Jordan Spieth looks to be back, man, and that's. I think that's huge. I really, does I really, he, I really he like Because he didn't Spieth. win the Masters. He didn't win the Masters, but he won a tournament before, and then good. he finished top ten, which is not something he's done in 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 majors in quite a while. So happy to see that. Um, Masters weekend is always different when when Tiger Woods is not a part of it. Um, but Matsuyama, I mean, he he played out of his mind. I mean, he was just on it all day, and that's that's huge. It's hard for a guy to do so. So Rendon just also Rendon just completed his no hitter and they're all celebrating very excitedly. But don't you think in the back of their mind everyone is thinking, God, yeah, no, if this, you... is, this is like second best. No, this isn't like this celebrate. Like I mean, like I mean, I just don't know how you can even celebrate this now after you've beaten <laughs> that guy in the foot. <laughs> Poor guy, that sucks. Uh, well, right. technically, I don't I'm even think do it he for had, news. I don't even think he had a no hitter because I think that guy was safe. But oh well. Anyway, all right. What are we doing next, Andy? Uh, I think we got your position group up next. All right, so position groups took a couple weeks <laughs> off, as we talked about. We talked, we had some guests and stuff. Um, so Andy, last week when we were talking about free agency, talked about how he's worried about uh, linebacker depth. And um, you know Ben Burkhaven being our strong side linebacker, or I am up all night thinking about <laughs> linebackers. If I'm being honest, um, Ben Burkhaven or Cody Barton being our starting linebacker is not, especially with Pete's fascination with um, base defense, is not something that is exciting, <laughs> to say the least. Um, obviously, KJ Wright's still on the market for some odd reason. No team gave him a contract. Um, Tell it. Sorry, I was going to say that what I think that means is good news for us cutting Bobby Wagner next year. Potentially, yes. Uh, that's fine, yeah. Um, it, weird that KJ Wright is <laughs> still out there. Um, I wonder if they try to bring him back um, on a cheap deal. Um, he's got to be disappointed. I know he had some high hopes for how his free agency was going to play out. But anyway, moving on. So I have one name from the draft that I'm particularly excited about. Um Again, I will, I'm not featuring any of the big names here um, because obviously we are very short on draft capital and we will need to trade down multiple times in order to get any type of class out of this draft. Um, so I, I, I would be extremely surprised if they picked in the second round at pick 59. So a guy uh, who could play strong side linebacker, which is what KJ played last year, uh, is Buddy Johnson out of Texas A&M. 
right now uh, it looks like in a lot of mocks and big and big boards he's going around third or fourth round um which i think is a steal so he's out of texas a&m like i said six foot 229 at his pro day he ran a four five eight forty uh 407 uh, 20 yard shuffle and a 709 three cone. Uh, very athletic, um, very strong pro day from him. Um, he was a two year starter. He was the captain for both years. 162 tackles, 82 solo tackles, 17 tackles for loss, five sacks, and one interception in that span. Um, he is one of the best run defenders in the class. Um, you go watch his tape. Um, he seeks contact, he plays his gap beautifully. He, um, he, he's like a, he, he's a missile. He just goes after them. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse, for that sound effect. We need more sound You're effects. Welcome. Um, I agree, Andy, get on that. He, yeah, but anyway, he. I'm going to cut your voice out. I'm just putting a missile sound. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. <laughs> He, uh, yeah, he seeks contact. He's physical. That's everything that Pete Carroll looks for in linebackers. Um, he's a hell of a special teams guy, um, which is not, which is rare to see that from somebody who is a starter, middle linebacker, plays so many snaps. He played a lot of special teams in college. Um, there's a couple of really good clips on Twitter of him uh, just punishing punt returners, which I, I know Pete Carroll looks for in guys. Um, and that's where Cody Barton and Ben Burkirvin have made most of their money so far in their nfl careers but i think this guy can transcend that a little bit and play actual linebacker um he's a natural leader um he was the leader of that texas a&m defense in this last year in 2020 uh they were the number one defense in the sec and they were top 10 nationally in rushing and passing defense um there was a quote for him where he talks about how accountability and dependability are the two biggest things to him in terms of what it means to be a leader which i think pete carroll preaches that same exact thing um, I think he could learn a lot from Bobby. Um, his one his one negative, I would say, uh, he's not great in pass coverage. He's got some pretty stiff hips. Um, so while he does attack the run game really, really well, his defense in, in, in obvious passing downs is, is a weakness. Um, if Pete Carroll could get off of his defensive scheme and run a little more nickel in those situations, I think you could... Um, negate that a little bit and have him in there on running downs and base defense um i think he'd be really solid so um again in the third or fourth round um i hear a lot of people talking about him as kind of an underrated guy um so if you get him in the third or fourth round i think he could contribute right away at least on special teams um and eventually break through and be a starter in that linebacker in that linebacker room so there he is buddy johnson And the silence means that I killed it. Stunned. I was stunned. <laughs> you got more analysis than I can give you there. <laughs> Thank you. Rocco, he's playing in the you SEC. Know. I'm a fan of that, though. Yeah. And he's number and he's and the number one call just one. And if the NFL goes back to single digit numbers all around, that would be sick. So that's what I got for you. All right. I got nothing to add. Okay. Wonderful. Great segment. This could be folks. a very sure. This could be a very short podcast. <laughs> I don't keep up this talk about uh, this lack of analysis. Yeah, probably. Well, I would you like me to take us into Would You Rather? Uh, Dad, or are we going to talk about uh, baseball next? Uh, let's do Would You Rather, and then we'll finish off with baseball. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. 
Each player will be given a choice between A or B. What the hell is this? Decision making in its rawest form. I know you guys have missed it. I've missed it. The audience has missed it. Nate has missed it. Andy has missed it. We've all missed it. Welcome back to Would You Rather. I got a few questions for you. We're going to start off with this one. Would you rather, and this is one that wouldn't have been a question for a long time, but it's one that I'm beginning to come around on. Hmm. Would you rather have Mike Trout or Mookie Betts? Hmm. Nate, you're the big baseball fan. <laughs> yeah, you're, I'm treading in dangerous waters here. Um, I mean, on the, oof, I don't know. I, I like Mike, Mike Trout. I think he's a once-in-a-lifetime talent. But I think I, I've heard some like mic'd up bits of Mookie Betts, and I think he's hilarious. And so I would probably go with him for that reason. Seems to have an actual personality. Wow, that was pretty hard. <laughs> brutal analysis of Mike Trout. Well, am I wrong? Not a, not an incorrect <laughs> analysis. Um, it, am I a fan, owner, or the manager? You're the manager. And a fan. And the owner. You're all three. How am I all three? (laughs) Did you ever see the movie Little Big League? Like that guy? That's exactly what you are. You are you you are you are that kid. Alright. Um I I mean I think this is like the do you remember the off season where both uh, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper were free agents? Yes. I think it's I mean I think Mookie Betts is everything you can ask for a clubhouse guy, which Bryce Harper is not. So I think they're different from that respect. But in terms of who's going to bring people into the stadium, who's a better, uh, you know, who just gets the fans excited, gets the team excited, that's more the Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts. Who's a better player on the field? That's the Machado or Trout. I got to say, so sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even sure that Mike Trout is that much better of a baseball player than Mookie Betts right now. Not only is Mookie Betts a performer in the postseason, as we've seen, Mookie Betts, like, the last couple of years, has been every bit the player that Trout was. Um, so, can I do the 2015 season on? Cause, no, because uh, Trout's good, Trout is going to destroy Mookie Betts of that. There's no doubt that Trout has the better career, but I'm just talking the last couple seasons. So then, can I do 2019 uh, to present day? Sure. All right, one sec. Do it in, like, games played, though. Like, per game? Let's see here. I mean, it's only about 200 games because of the shortened season. Was, right, 20, 2019 was 2019 the Mookie Betts MVP season, or was that his down year? Um, 2019 was, uh, he was eighth in MVP, so I don't know if I'd really call it a down year. <laughs> what a loser. Um, so, from 2019, uh, here are Trout's numbers. Uh, 293, 429 OBP, slugging 639, 158 RBIs, 66 home runs. And for Mookie Betts, it is 295, 386 OBP, 537 slugging, 47 home runs, 121 RBIs. That's a pretty big difference. And I think... I think in the outfield, obviously, Mookie Betts Mookie brings Betts more to the table than Mike Trout. far Trump. superior. But, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big gap. And he, oh, it's I that mean, big a gap. I guess it is a pretty big gap. I guess 40 home, uh, <laughs> 15 home runs, 40 RBIs. All right, you're right. Mike Trout is very good. What if we just do the last RBP two points? seasons, though? <laughs> well, I mean, this is 20. 60-game sample. 
Okay, so the, yeah, that's very useful. Yeah, I mean, I, I say Mike Trout. I don't think you can beat him in terms of on-field play. I think maybe it's like Mookie might be the more complete player if you're looking at the whole package. If you're, uh, he's like, definitely the better fielder. Clubhouse I mean, guy. Yeah, he's definitely the but, better fielder. Yeah, you, you know he has that was a my better, long-winded hedged yeah. answer. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I'm a postseason team, uh, I would take the gamble on Mookie Betts just because that guy steps up when it's big time, don't you think? And it's rare for a I mean, baseball I guess player to like – The one counter argument like, would be that Mike Trout hasn't gotten a chance to do that. Well, he had one series and he stunk it up. That's true. But that's like a one, sam- <laughs> one series sample size, I'm sure. Mookie it's true, but like, you know, yeah. It's rare that like a baseball player in the postseason jumps out at you. And like Mookie Betts, did like Barry that. Bonds, <laughs> yeah, like Barry Bonds, Mookie Mookie Betts did that. <laughs> At least he did last season for me. Um, anyway, next one. If you're an opposing GM negotiating with the Mariners, all right. So I'm 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 the Mariners GM. I'm Jerry Depoto, and one of you guys are somebody else. Can I negotiate with anyone but you? No, you have to negotiate with me. <laughs> Deals off. <laughs> Can't blame you for that. Would you rather have to trade for Mitch Haniger or Kyle Seeger? Why am I so far in the cellar that I'm trading for these guys, but I still feel the need to trade for them? This is the scenario that I have painted in your mind. That's why. It's going to be a very surprising answer by Kyle Seeger. There's not a single person in that clubhouse that does not seem to love that guy. And he is about as uninspirational as they come in terms of, like, interviews. But there must be something he does one-on-one when he, like, knows you and he's in the clubhouse that he just must bring a lot to the field. I mean, I think they're both solid veteran guys. They're not going to wow you out the guy that's going to make the all-star game. But they're going to fill a they're going to fill a role, and they're going to be a veteran in your clubhouse. So I'd say Kyle Seeger. I would probably say Kyle Seeger as well. I mean, also just... just the amount that he's on the field compared to Mitch Haniger, I mean, that plays a huge factor in it for me. If I'm a, if I'm a GM that's making a push for the playoffs, I don't want to trade for a guy who's going to miss three-fourths of the season. That's not going to help me. Would you rather hang out? Sorry. This, this one has just come to me oh, after boy. watching uh, the Dodgers game and watch this guy eject uh, somebody. Would you rather hang out with C.B. Bucknor or Angel Hernandez? <laughs> Or more, or or would you rather pitch with one of them calling your strike zone? Angel Hernandez just chucked out the chucked out chucked somebody out of the game after he made a horrific call. Like it's not even disparaging. Like I'm sure the comments they make to those guys, they're just like you're bad at your job, and they're right. I don't, I don't know how you could be angry. I mean. Well, Nate, I'm the experienced umpire, so I'm going to let you go first because I have a lot of insider information. Um, Don't look at me like that. I went to umpire oh, school. Oh no, no, I no! I'm not looking. <laughs> what a flex! No, I'm not. I'm not looking. At, I'm looking at you like I, I have no idea. Um, I don't know. I'd like to think I could win over one of them <laughs> through kindness. So, Angel Hernandez, maybe. And, let me win him over. Andy, through did kindness. you know Angel Hernandez? Andy, did you know Angel Hernandez is Cuban? I did not. Andy, give us your thoughts. I'll leave it at that. I'm going to go. So I, I would rather hang out with C.B. Buckner because 
C.B. Buckner feels like he's more quietly bad. Angel Hernandez <laughs> likes to show people up with his badness. <laughs> he likes to be bad and then toss you from the game when you're upset about it. That's so and true. And that is inexcusable. You're, no one is there to see the umpire. And some of these, there's not many, but there's one or two umpires. Angel Hernandez is obviously Exhibit A. That seem to think people are there to see them. Country Joe's a little bit that way. Country Joe is, but I feel like he's better at his job. He is. He's a little more like... He's respected. There's a story around him. He's been there forever. He's, yeah. He's been there since what? Since like the 60s or something. <laughs> and I, I was telling you this, but he went from coaching high school games to the pros in three years, which... You mean, I mean umpiring? Umpiring, so yeah. <laughs> Not coaching. No one would want that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's from the great state of North Carolina, so... Of course. All right, here's my last one, and this is a sad one. But it's a serious one. I want you to take yourself back to 2015. We're going to go back to, well, really 2013. Okay. We're going to look, we're going to look at 2013. And then first part of you is going to be thinking 2013. And then the second part of you is going to be thinking current day. Would you rather Mike Zanino or Evan White? Do I mean like? That's do you harsh. mean like? Would like knowing? <laughs> it is harsh. Knowing? No, kn- you can't. You don't know what happens to Mike Zanino. But I'm trying to be realistic here, and I am extremely, extremely concerned that Evan White is Mike Zanino 2.0. And I love that guy. He is phenomenal. I mean, his defense. And he, is I think he's un- a better unreal. defender. Yeah, I think he's a better defender than Mike Zanino ever was. Yeah. Uh, and Mike Zanino was a good defender. Um, that's a really good question. Um, I'll read you some number. Do you want me to read you some numbers? Well, so you said go back to when? Well, so I'm, I'm thinking after Mike Zanino's rookie season where he played 52 games, which is pretty comparable to how many Evan White has played. Okay. And they were both rushed through double A, yada, yada. They both came out of the SEC, so they're supposed to be more prepared, etc. Okay. Mike Zanino, uh, across 52 games, had five home runs, 14 ribbies, 214 average, 290 OBP, 329 slugging, uh, 78 OPS plus. Evan White has, in his career, uh, across 62 games, eight home runs, 29 ribbies, so substantially more ribbies, uh, 169 average, 245 OBP, 329 slugging. And... Mike Zanino and uh, Evan White K's at a much higher percentage than Mike Zanino, which I didn't think was humanly possible, if I'm entirely honest. <laughs> I mean, doesn't... Nate, I feel Go like... Ahead. I, uh, Go ahead, Nate. Uh, no, I was going to say, uh, on my, the answer for me is obvious, so if you're sort of on the fence, why don't you debate it? No, I'd like to hear your answer first. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to say Evan White. For a number of reasons. So one, you mentioned the rush through double-A. He was rushed through double-A into a season that was just a mess all around. I mean, when your GM says in spring training that this we're not going to compete this season, I don't think it really instills a lot of confidence in your team. So that's the first reason. I And it's, so you said 68 games he's at? 62? Yeah, 62 games. I'm going to give him to the end of this season because I feel like if it were... If, it, if he had started day one in a regular season and we were in June and he had the career number, he had, you know, the season numbers that he's had through his career up to this point, 
I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be like, let's ship him off after 62 games. I'd give him to the rest of the season. So I'm going to give him for most of the season. And now he's hurt, so I don't know how. He's back in yeah. the lineup. Oh, was he back? Okay, well, there you go. You disrespectful animal. And lastly... He, he did K he, at a 41% rate last year. That's very worrisome. I won't give you that. But he's one of the least lucky hitters I have ever seen. How does he, someone hit the ball as often as he does, <laughs> as hard as he does, and hit 169? It just makes no sense. And uh, him mean 220 would be perfectly understandable with the strikeout rate. But there's nothing about his sabermetrics that makes sense with the slash line. And so I think at some point that's got to catch up. Also, Jesse, I know you're a big fan of this. He is shockingly clutch. The man hits a buck 69 for his career, but he's, I think his career of throwing in scoring position is high 200s. It's true. Which, again, makes no sense. He's a real anomaly of a hitter. (laughs) And he's a better field, as you pointed out. He's so good at the field. I never thought first base could look so great. Yeah. Um, and then the last oh, question. Wait, for the I didn't bag. get to sorry, Nate, go for give it. my opinion. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. From everything I've I've heard from you guys, uh, it sounds like Evan Evan White hits the ball really hard. It just does not work out for him. And Andy obviously just touched on that a second ago. Um, and it's just really fun to watch him play first base. It feels like we haven't we haven't had a first baseman like that in a in a long time. And um, what about Day Holy? I love <laughs> Day Holy. Oh, I loved that. Man. <laughs> Who didn't? Oh. He also leads. You know what I saw? I saw actually recently a little update on Deholi. I saw it on Twitter. Uh, he leads the Japanese. I don't want to actually butcher it. I don't know which league he's in. However, he leads that league in hard hit balls. I don't know if it's paying off for him, but that's a big boy hitting balls. Um, you know who who else had a really uh, who had who formed a really good uh, career for himself in the Japanese baseball league? Hmm. Former, it's uh, the Neopone Professional League, I think it's what they call it over there, NPB. Um, former Mariner second baseman Jose Lopez. Oh, I love He's like a six-time all-star. Yo, it was, it was Jose Lopez and Unenis Unieski Betancourt. Yeah, those are my guys. I, they weren't very good. but Yeah, I Jose Lopez them. made that one all-star game, and then his career just went in the toilet like right afterwards. It's a lot of pressure to live up to. Um, I would say, too, uh, just kind of looking at um, stats with Evan White and just his average at every level has, I mean, he's had, I mean, three good years at 277, 303, and 293. But other than that, he's 222, 176, and 120. I don't know. I, I, he's still young. We'll see what happens. I, I guess, apparently, if I don't know Mike Zanino's future, uh, I don't know. I wanted the best for that guy. So uh, that's a tough question. But I'd go Evan White. Can all Can right, I give well, you guys an insane statistic? I'm listening. Last season, he was in the top 5% of the league for hard hit percentage and in the bottom 1% for strikeout percentage. Combined, he struck out or hit the ball hard in about 93.5% of his at-bats. Interesting. Which, yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. But <laughs> here's, here's my last one. Uh, would you rather... Spend a year working, graduate early over the summer, and then potentially go to an expensive college. Or come back for one last semester, hopefully do an internship at a local newspaper, and then go to the overpriced college. 
But so we're obviously not going to answer this question, but this is Jesse's current situation. Yeah. And if you have an opinion, he would love to hear it. So go follow us on yeah, Twitter go, or go Facebook. Give us, yeah, and, uh, follow us on Twitter. Give us your opinion on Jesse's future. Um, I I don't envy your position. Well, I kind of do because, I mean, you're wanted. But um, I don't envy that decision. Wanted by something. Oh, God. what are the, So I'm watching Angel Hernandez umpire his crew here. And I'm like, what is this moron doing now? They're all meeting together. There was this thing that was very clearly a home run. And I think they're managing to screw it up. I'm not sure, though. Was Angel Hernandez the one who also... Do you remember in Cleveland, that Oakland home run that hit off the railing very clearly, like three feet above the wall? And then it was like the very beginning of reviewing home runs. And they said it hit nothing. <laughs> Probably. I, I think that was Angel Hernandez, but that was that was another abysmal call. A, a classic of Angel Hernandez. Is that all we got on Would You Rather, Jesse? That is all I have. All right. All right, so Nate's going to start us off here with some questions. But for the first question, is Kyle Seeger elite? We'll get into that later. <laughs> no is the answer. Spoiler alert. It's a hell of a teaser. If you want the definition of elite at third base, there's a guy named Nolan Arenado around. <laughs> All right. So uh, on that note, um, <laughs> so Jesus here we go. We're, we're looking at the Mariners right now. Today's game is obviously postponed. They're sitting at, what, 6-5. and five. We're only 11 games in. Hard to pull out enough um, definitive answers. But my first question for you, too, because you guys are the more knowledgeable ones, are we worried about Marco Gonzalez? Right, we're looking at two starts, yeah, uh, 17 hits, 12 earned runs, five home runs, five walks, only eight strikeouts. Uh, you know, not particularly. I don't know that I think I'm super worried. He's been not good, to say the least, but... I think there was part of me that naively thought, hey, maybe he can take another really big step forward. And in reality, I just don't think that's who he is as a pitcher. I think he's a really, really good number three guy and a really good, and he's got the leadership of a number one guy. So, you no, know, not really. I um, He had a really good year last year. It's been two starts. I, how old is he now? He's got to be, what, 27? Something like that. Um, you know, I, it is a little concerning. I'm not going to lie, but I'm not. He is the low. He is one of the lower people on my concern radar. Okay. Andy? He's actually 29, Jesse. Even better. He's even older than I thought. Um, so, yeah, so um, my, my issue with baseball is I, I am not concerned enough. I, I never know when to cut a player off because it's such a long game and I just never know what to make of any size uh, any sample size unless it's like multiple seasons. And so for that reason, I'm going to say no. I mean, I, <laughs> and I think that's why most people don't like baseball is because you could throw away the first two weeks of the season. I mean, not actually, but I mean, the Red Sox, I think, are 9-3. and three. Yeah, that, that's I put that's zero stock in that. News. That's fake news. It's just incredible how many things happen in the first couple of weeks of the season that mean absolutely nothing, just because it's such a long yeah. season. Sp- speaking of baseball, I just saw a guy with nachos, and I just have a sudden craving for nachos now. All right. Um, on the flip side of that question, um, are you guys buying into Yusei Kikuchi's uh, decent start, right? Two quality starts so far, um, only 11 hits, only uh, five earned runs, 16 strikeouts. 
Uh, I saw he was hitting 97 a couple times late in the game, even in his last start. So are we buying into that at all? Andy, start it out, because we had some discussion about Yusei Kikuchi when you were out in Miami. We, we chatted about this. We did, and he's a tough... I don't know where... Because I have my guy. answer. I know you do, and it's very similar to Kyle Seeger, and he's a bum, and we should ship no, him. No, 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 no. This one has more... This one even has uh, has history to it. You, so you, you go with your opinion. I'm going to look up facts to back me up here. I, I don't put a lot of stock into it. I think he's a very average pitcher. I think he's better than what he's shown so far in the MLB. His only full season in 2019, I did not realize. Not only was he adjusting to America, but it, his dad had passed, and he had some other family issues. So I think there's enough going on there that you can't excuse someone's first whole season. That's very important. But I think that's sort of it's unfortunate that his one full season was clouded by so much stuff in his personal life. Um, I, I don't want to deal with... Um, I don't. Oh my gosh! Why am I blanking on his name? Who's the Who's his agent? Oh, Scott Boris. I don't want to deal with Scott Boris for an average pitcher. It makes no sense. So I think he's going to be gone whenever. I is the. I don't know if the option so it's this year or next year, but I think he's going to be gone. But I I think he's I think he's a solid pitcher, and I I don't mind having him on the team. And I think certainly a six man staff. Yeah, I I don't mind having him on the team. I think he's a fine pitcher. And here's the problem. Do you guys want to take a guess at who your highest paid player on the roster is? Isn't it Kyle Seeger? Yes. Do you want to guess who number two is, though? You say Kikuchi. Yes, it is. At $17 million. Well, and that's why he's going after the season. Yeah. And so, and here's, here's the thing. I think he's an average pitcher. I, do not ex- I don't buy into him because I do not believe he's going to take the hu- a huge step forward. And let me tell you why. I am not really a believer in Japanese import pitchers. I don't think they ever really pan out to be that great. And I don't know why people keep throwing money at them because I think we have now like a good 30 year history of these star Japanese players coming over and being pretty average with the exception of you Darvish, who has had a couple really good seasons and some average seasons sprinkled in there. I mean, I'm going to run through some names here for you. Hiroki Kuroda. One of the, a huge import. Yeah, average. Do you guys remember Daisaku Daisuke Matsusaka? Mm-hmm. He was that yeah, huge. Of course, the Red yeah. Sox. Yeah. Uh, I think he had one very good season. Yeah, he had one okay season and then a bunch of average season. Um, Kazuhiro Sasaki might be the best Japanese import pitcher. Koji Uhara. Average, like okay, fine. He, yeah, that one, he yeah, he had a really good World Sox. Series and he had a great ALCS. But he and he was a relief pitcher. He didn't have any like phenomenal seasons. Masahiro Tanaka, eh, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I just I you know I just I'm sorry I just don't think these pitchers they come over they have all the they have all these different pitches they have a very unique delivery. I mean, who was um. Who was the other the best? You could make a very good argument that the best season from a Japanese-born pitcher was uh, God. Now I'm blanking on the name. The pitcher the Mariners brought over, and he was the number two punch behind Felix for a couple of years. Yeah, um, Hisashi Iwakuma. Hisashi Iwakuma's mm-hmm. season, where he was the runner-up in the Cy Young Award. I I I just think I I don't know what it is. 
and I'm not saying there's any, I am saying there's something to this, but I'm saying that if I was, if I was a baseball, if I was a GM, pardon me, he was third in Cy Young voting. If I was a GM, I, I would not, I would not sign a Japanese import pitcher off the bat. I just wouldn't. And right. that's why I would not take the next three years at $40 million or whatever it is left on his contract because I, I, but do I you, this is the best of what we can do. Do you from. think he will continue to pitch well this year or do you see him falling off at some point? Do you think it's just going to be up and down? I, I really kinda? hope. I think well, here's he's a very concrete question. Uh, a, a higher or lower than a four year, right? Dude, it's fine because that's like right around the number that I think he like I would pin him at. Um, I I would say a tinge over if I had to put money on it. His FIP right now is four four seven, so t- take that as what you will. I mean, I would guess he'd be around a four. Is gonna be my guess. I think he has the potential to strike out a lot of batters though. <laughs> that's what he's that's why he's done he, well he's early incredibly on. Incredibly fast fastball for a pitcher that mediocre. <laughs> Got a, I mean, that's the thing. They all these guys, they have a lot of stuff. They have great stuff. I mean, you Darvish, great stuff, but not like consistent pitcher. All right. Well, um, all right. Here's. Bet t- you guys didn't see that deep dive coming. That was uh, on the fly, too. I'm impressed. I'm throwing up, taking back. All right. I'm going to give you a player's stat line from this Mariners team. You're going to tell me who you think it is. Okay? okay. So. Oh, God. Here we go. This player. Has uh, played in five games, okay? Zero home runs, only one RBI, eight walks. He's batting a hundred. Jake Fraley. Yeah, it's Jake Fraley. But he he is walking on forty two percent of his at bats. He's hitting a hundred. Yes, he but is. He's walk- that's insane. He's an on base king right now. Yeah, to- <laughs> that's crazy. He's a, yeah, he has a five two six on base percentage, but a one hundred average. Um. Anyway, uh, moving on from there. Uh, disappointed to see Taylor Trammell not continue his hot start from, from spring training, I would say. Are we kind of in agreement there? Uh, disappointed, yes. Surprised, no. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, There's one person but, who... Sh- they, he stole Jared Kalenic's spot in the starting not. outfield. He deserved it. <laughs> That's a joke. He did deserve it. I'm sorry, Taylor. Um, is, um, and he finally got going a little bit against the Twins. Did like, two yeah, home runs. That's what I saw. Um, uh, four RBIs, I think. In is the Ty France good at baseball? It's curious. I'm just. I'm curious. I mean, he's got the. He's he's tied for the second most at bats on the team, right? He's got he's got 12 hits, two home runs, five RBIs, 15 strikeouts, but he's hitting 293, um, and a .4 uh, WAR, WAR, whatever you want to say, call it. <laughs> It's war. You Thank know you. Second highest on the team. I, I think Ty France is the second best young player on this team. To who? Kyle Lewis? J- uh, J.P. Crawford. I, so, I mean, of players uh, that have played in the NLP. Yeah. Obviously, Kyle the guys Lewis? Are the yeah. He's, he just clarified that. Oh, yeah, sorry, they've played this season. Thank you. A lot of clarifications um, on this. Are, I guess going, piggybacking off that for a second, unless you have thoughts on Ty France, Jesse. I, I don't know what to make of Ty France, if I'm honest. I'm excited about Ty France. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I love the idea of having someone at third base for the future. Mm. 
because I do not see Kyle Seeger on this team, and we don't really have a, even a potential answer in the system, in the minor league system. Uh, so yeah, okay. I, I I I don't I I can't say that he's the real deal or yeah. he's not. The but real you're happy. Deal. You're no happy idea. so far and hope that it continues. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, last, yeah, last, yeah. last person. I, I, I just want to hear your guys' general thoughts. I mean, Andy kind of prefaced this a little bit, but JP Crawford. Or, or, I mean, it, it sounded to me like when he came over in the deal, people were like, "Eh, he hasn't really panned out." But then he came here, and it feels like he's been really solid. I mean, he won a Gold Glove last year. Um, I mean, he has two errors this year, um, but he's our highest uh, defensive wins above replacement so far. On our, uh, I mean. It's not like a super high number. He's a great defender. Yeah, um, I mean, he's hitting. I think he's hitting two fifty six. Two fifty. Yeah, two fifty. Yeah, I mean, is this like is he is he exceeding the expectations you had for him when he came over in that deal? Definitely. I, he, I mean, he was a former first round pick, so let's yeah. not like. But he, but he had kind let's of not not lived up yet, right? Totally. He was a high school first round pick, though, if I recall. Uh, so yeah, I mean. He's one of those guys that I want to root for, and I, I like watching play the game. Now, is he as good as Cattell Marte? I don't know. But who's a guy that you had in your system, of course, uh, that you traded away? Um, but you got Mitch Hanager out of that. That's true. That being said, Cattell Marte has been phenomenal. <laughs> Again, weirdest very, trade in the history of the organization. Like he's very quietly become one of the best shortstops in the league. Like did, I don't, I don't think the average baseball fan even knows who he is. No, he, you're right. I mean, he had that All Star year where he batted three thirty or something insane like that, and then even last year again, like he was again a very good player. Anyway, Cattell Marte, I still root for that guy. It's a classic, classic Seattle Mariners. I was in the building when he almost hit, uh, hit, for, hit for the cycle. One ran- random cool. thought. That is a random thought. I mean, he's very he was very fast. I um, anyway, so I like JB Crawford, and if he is a guy with his glove, if he can continue to bat in the two sixty range and produce to some extent, I think you can live with that in your lineup. Yeah, I, I, the interesting thing too is I remember, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember when he came over, the big knock on him was his defense. Wasn't it? Like, didn't when he come over, were people like, yeah, he's just not as good of a defender as we thought he would be? Like, a lot of errant throws, a lot of, you know, I remember him mistakes. making a lot of big splash plays and a lot of terrible plays. I see. But we haven't seen that so far when, he, that, when he's been here. Correct? No, he's been a consistent fielder. Yeah, so well, I mean, he had some... He, when he first got over here, there was some, like, what the heck was yeah. that? But, I mean, he won a gold glove, so... Anyway, I, I, it's a guy that I definitely root for and I, I like to watch, so... I love good shortstop play. Uh, no doubt, it's great. I mean, there's nothing like a die. I like. I, I think shortstop and third base are my favorite defensive positions to watch. Yeah. Andy, thoughts on JP Crawford? I mean, with his defense, if he's hitting two fifty, two sixty, that's a guy who can play shortstop for a decade. It's yeah. <laughs> true. All right. Well, you... not a lot of great offensive powerhouses at shortstop is there no, historically no, that's true. <laughs> look at angelton simmons he's rolled a great glove and a terrible bat into a hell of a yeah. career all right well a- any other extra thought those are just my questions looking at the stats and just just so back to is kyle seeger elite <laughs> yeah all right yeah let's do this you want to so, have this discussion because i'm excited for what your definition of elite is because i know what my definition of elite is 
And we're in the position right you now know, in baseball wait, Jesse, where there's a lot of elite third basemen, and Kyle Seager is not one of them. You know what my definition of elite is? In six games, two go-ahead home runs, a 476 average, and a 1377 OPS. Can we do? Can we go back the last three years, please? So that's not that's not what we're discussing. <laughs> we're talking is, is Kyle Seager a short-term elite? <laughs> so has he been elite for the last three games? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna run through. I'm gonna name five third basemen. And I want you to stick a lie detector needle. And, and Nate, I want you to look straight into Andy's eyes when I ask these guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna start easy here. And we're gonna see because how many players can really be elite at a position? Would you rather Kyle Seeger or Matt Chapman? Matt Chapman. Alright, interesting. <laughs> Would you rather Kyle Seeger or Justin Turner? Now or career? <laughs> Either one. I, I think this year I think you can make a for Kyle Seager. <laughs> but every other year prior, I'll give you Justin Turner. Would you rather Justin, Kyle Seager or Manny Machado? Well, I think you know me. All right, this game's skewed. <laughs> Would you rather Thank you. Kyle Seager or Alex Bregman? All right, I take back my Justin Turner comment. He, may, I don't want to ever look at the guy in my life, but he's saying 378 with two home yes, runs. Yes, I know. So I didn't want to bring that up. It's to a toss-up this year. I want to point out I haven't even gotten into arguably the two best third basemen in baseball, which would be Anthony Rendon and Nolan Arenado, <laughs> or Chris Bryant. Who's uh, or, obviously on the or something's Chris going Bryant. on with that guy, but he's an MVP, so you can't argue that. Or would you, here's one: Would you rather Yoan Mankata or Kyle Seager? I mean, he's in like a buck ninety this year, so that would be rough. But I mean, if we're taking just this fourteen-day sample, Cal Seager. <laughs> Did I ask about Jose Ramirez yet? So I think we know Jesse's Kyle answer Seager. to this, this game here of is Kyle Seager. Elite? I rest my case on the definition of elite. <laughs> There's a lot of elite third basemen out there, and I just I don't want to devalue the term elite, but Kyle Seager is. <laughs> All I right. would make the argument Let's wrap that you can only have a few elite guys at a position. <laughs> Let's wrap this up before it gets too ugly. Uh, final thoughts, Mariners, feel okay, Under, underwhelmed. What do you think? A couple words. A lot better this week than last week. Jesse? Okay, yeah, final, final thoughts. Uh, the Mariners are still the Mariners here, and until these young guys who I actually believe in that will – produce this team consistently start consistently doing their stuff they're still the mariners and i'm still gonna watch them obviously and i'm still gonna root for these guys but they're the mariners all right so wonderful segment fellas so all right final thoughts final thoughts for the day one minute each and he's gonna maybe put sound effects in i don't know he apparently doesn't know where that button is yeah i'm mad about um, the lack of sound effects lately you, okay, so I put in sound effects whenever they're requested. They just have to be requested. Okay. I, that is fake news. I requested sound effects over my last game for the entire time, and you just did not Wait, put for, sound no, effects No, you didn't. You said a uh, game intro to the... Oh. I put in a game sound intro. I just like... Okay, anyway. Jesse? Jesse, start us off. Start us off. off. What are your thought, final thoughts today? You got 60 seconds and a go. All right, my final thoughts are going to be on soccer. Okay. UEFA Champions League. 
Soccer, I have a love-hate relationship with soccer that I've developed over the past, I guess it's going to be three or four, three years now since the, since the World Cup. Because never have I seen a sport that can be so exciting and cool in some aspects and then so stupid and boring in other aspects. Like, the first, so the Champions League, of course, is this big deal. The first leg of this Real Madrid Liverpool game, I'm like, hey, this is pretty. This this is pretty fun. You know, they're pushing, they're shooting goals. It's everyone's moving fast, running around, and so I think, oh, all right, the next game's going to be pretty good. But little did I realize that well, I did realize it. I just didn't think about it. Real Madrid can win the set of these two games by just doing absolutely nothing, and it was the most boring game I've ever watched. They did nothing but sit around and play defense. So, I don't get soccer. That's my final thoughts. Uh, go Real Madrid in Champions League. <laughs> final thoughts. Andy, your 60 seconds starts right. uh, now. So this is going to be the best 60 seconds of entertainment until this movie comes out. Did you guys see? There's a new <laughs> Kevin James movie coming out. Yo, is this the one where he plays Sean Payton? <laughs> yes, he plays Sean Payton. And this, he plays Sean Payton's year off from football from the Bound Gate. I have never been so excited for a movie, and that includes Kong versus Godzilla. Is this real? Who doesn't? Yes, yes, it is. This sounds like a joke. I swear it. I swear on my life. This is a real thing. Kevin James will be playing um, Kong <laughs> in a Netflix film. I heard about it today, also. Um, I, I really don't even know what to say other than I'm excited. I mean, this is. It's so overwhelming. I love Paul Blart 1. And then they threw it Paul Blart 2, and that was like the greatest film ever. It's just... There's so much characters greatness to go around. And I'm just really excited. This is the greatest piece of cinema I think that's ever going to be created, and I'm just over the moon for it. Can I, can I touch on, Kev, on Paul Blart? The best part about that is Kevin James playing maybe one of the least likable human beings on the face of the planet. <laughs> Oh. All right, Nate, you're up. 60 seconds. Let me uh, let me hit a timer for you. Ready, set, and go. All right. Well, I don't I I don't know how to follow up that wonderful news about a Kevin James Sean Payton film. <laughs> um, I guess I will. I'll touch a little bit on uh, on golf. Um, Jordan Spieth is a guy that I I really really like. I was really excited young in his career. I thought he could do big things. He really fell off. Um, if you watch some of his his practice um, rounds and hitting at the range, he just is thinking so much. And if you hear him mic'd up, it's actually really funny because he talks a lot of shit about himself. But um, to see him win last week and then play really well in the Masters, it's hopefully sign uh, a sign of things to come. Um, uh, as well as I just picked out a wedding venue, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, we have we're gonna have a taco bar, which is pretty exciting for you two. Uh, three drink. Um, three drinks included per person. Um, very excited for you. Um, and what else can I throw in here? Um, that's it. Oh, Steph Curry's. So Steph's it's not a full open bar, though. Steph Curry's one of the greatest. Um, I'm not rich, but my dad might provide extra alcohol. But don't tell the Airbnb that. Let's go. Um, I would like to say I was going to bring this up on news, but I wasn't sure when you wanted to announce it, so I figured I'd let you handle it. Uh, that I'm engaged. Well, yes, our loyal listeners will know by know listening to the deal. end. Yeah. Well, 
yeah. Anyway, all right. All three of them that make it this week. All right, fellas. Wonderful episode, as all always. Right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Until next time.